0: Uh, I'm good Um, in in large part because uh, we once again get to talk about one one of our favorite, I I guess it's a set of documents, uh, that would be the census. The census, it
1: is a set of documents, if they are printed, by the way, if you go into your local library and look at the printed sets, they are printed in such a way that there are volumes on population, there are volumes on housing, there are lots and lots and lots of math. And those things don't all come out at once. Um, What he's gonna talk to us about today is the newest release, but it gets released over like two or three years after the census is done. So the census is done on the the O, (laughs) on the zero number, right? So it was done in 2020, and it's starting to filter out now and it will filter out for the next couple of years and then the next census will be twenty
0: thirty. So it's always done
1: on the zero.
0: Yeah, so uh, the first set that got released Um, uh, and and Nia and I have uh, already done uh, recorded a podcast episode about it, okay, uh, was the overall population numbers. Um, And of course the Census Bureau has to get that out because that affects um, the uh, representation in the House of Representatives.
1: Right, redistricting efforts.
0: Yeah, the redistricting efforts, right? Um, And as we're uh, seeing in real time, (laughs) <laughs> okay, those redistricting That's not efforts not going
1: as well as anybody would have, have Pretty much, yeah, right in the United States.
0: Okay, yeah. um, uh, and 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 again, in a previous podcast episode, uh, which will be released before this one. Okay, Nee um, and I actually, that. <laughs> yeah, we discussed that, right? Okay, yeah. um, um, and, and in part, uh, uh, in, in, uh without going down that rabbit hole again. Um, me and I, uh, listeners, live in the Commonwealth of Virginia, the state of Virginia, um, and the state of Virginia is one of those states um, that went with a, um, uh, a commission to do a redistricting um, and take, took it out of the hands of the state legislature, right? Yeah,
1: and our commission has done the total white flag of surrender, we can't make any of this work. We're about to be boarded by pirates. Oh my gosh, send help, right? So, yeah. there's, so there they're, are they're, no they're, maps for federal, there are no maps for the state. Uh, it, it's amazing the 100% level of failure that this commission has engaged in.
0: Yeah, but, so so yeah, because uh, the, the first thing they, they raised the white flag on was redrawing the state legislative districts, right? right.
1: And then they're and like it, oh the federal won't be nearly
0: as bad. Okay. <laughs> um, and and uh, when Virginia went with the commission um basically the fail safe in this process now is the state supreme court. So that went to the state supreme court and and as we are recording this episode the commission uh, uh co-chairs announced this week that more than likely they won't be able to get the uh, congressional districts uh, drawn, so that will more than likely go to the state supreme court.
1: Ah! Yeah, I'm, I'm, can, I'm thinking that uh, you know, five kids with some Etch A Sketch could have done. <laughs> but that's neither here nor there, because that's not the census. So we got the original, like how many people live in the United States, sort of the big picture numbers in Aprilish, right? May, March-ish, yes. April-ish. And so this, this is a little bit of a deeper dive into um, sort of more um, what? Race, race and race. ethnicity.
0: Yes. Yeah, this came out the week of August 9th. Um, and uh, so uh, this set focuses on um, the racial and ethnic makeup of the US population um, from the 2020 census, okay? Um, And the big take, there are gonna be a number of takeaways, but one of the first major takeaways, when you look at what the Census Bureau released is that the diversity, it's referred to actually by demographers, as the diversity explosion is continuing, Mm -hmm. Nia, in the United States.
1: Now, just as a side note, when you fill out the census, you are asked to fill out your race um, from a list of things, and you can choose more than one. Mm -hmm. So for what we're talking about, there are people who have chosen non-Caucasian or Caucasian and something else. Yes. Right. When yes. We, when we refer to the and I think you're going to get into this these sort of the numbers as far as the white or Caucasian um,
0: folks in white. the United
1: States, that's people yes. who have just checked the one box, right? Yes. Okay.
0: Yeah. Um, and more
1: and more people are checking multiple boxes these days, right? More and more people are yes are recognizing their their multi heritage, multiracial background. That is.
0: Yeah, that is correct. So so overall, okay, uh, the United States um, had the slowest population growth in a decade since the 1930s.
1: We're not having babies.
0: Yes. Okay. We're not having babies. Okay? Of, any,
1: of any race. We're not, yeah. Having,
0: yeah. Okay. not um, having as
1: many babies.
0: Um, and we're going to touch upon impacts of these statistics later on in the episode. Um, so overall, population growth in the United States uh, was at the lowest amount since the 1930s. The lowest percentage. Not amount, but percentage. Okay, since the Great Depression. Okay. Since the Great Depression. I mean, and that that should be pretty stark for our listeners, right? Because when we talk about the 1930s, okay, you're talking about the Great Depression, which then was followed up in the 1940s by World War II. Okay. So you had major catastrophic events, okay, that interrupted, if you will. The normal life cycle, okay, of a nation's population. But in the United States, okay, um, what we saw with the 2020 census, um, if you will, depicts or demonstrates, okay, um, how Americans, as you just pointed out, Mia, um, are not having kids. And And that's according
1: according to your notes, 7.4% lower. Yes, than any other decade. That's a lot. Like, yes. when you think about okay. 7%, it's, you think, oh, well, 7%, that's not very much, but that's a lot of kids not being born. Yes, And that's a lot of people putting off or not having children at all.
0: Yeah. So as Nia also pointed out uh, just a few moments ago, um, for the first time in our country's history, over 40% of the American population Identifies as Latino or Hispanic, Black, Asian American, Native Hawaiian or Pacific Islander, Native American, or also reported two or more races. So, what we're talking about here is, and this is the first time in our country's history. So Is a majority of the population still Caucasian? Yes, but it is at the lowest amount in our country's history.
1: And And that's what we- How much is the percentage of people who chose non-Caucasian or more than one? Slightly
0: over 40%.
1: That's a lot.
0: Yes, okay.
1: Is that gonna lead us to that majority minority Eventually, will that I mean, if that continues, if that growth rate continues, will that will that will the United States be no longer a majority white country?
0: According to most scholars whose research that I read in analyzing uh, the August census, if you will, uh, data, um, they are projecting. Um, that either 2030 or at the latest 2040, the United States will be a majority minority. Okay, but
1: but even those folks are not having babies. Even non-white or people who have chosen more than one race are not are not having babies at high rates of numbers. Right, if the overall population. The only group this this whole like I'm sorry, I'm trying to tap into one of those um, lies that gets told, which is that this that uh, communities of color have lots of babies.
0: Right. That's
1: not necessarily the case there. Nobody's having lots of babies.
0: the only group. Okay. The only community of color that is continuing to have babies is Latino and Hispanic. Okay. At the
1: same rate as previous. We don't mean He's, not having babies because obviously people are having babies.
0: They're ha- yeah, they're having babies. But in terms of comparing percentages of 2010 to 2020. Okay. okay
1: uh, census the
0: only, over census. Yeah. Okay, okay. The only group that is consistently having children. Okay.
1: At the same rate.
0: At the same rate or slightly higher is Latino, Hispanic. Okay? Wow.
1: Everybody
0: else, every other group, okay. Blacks, okay. Asian Americans, okay. Uh, native Hawaiian Pacific Islanders, Native Americans, right? And, and of course, and white books, right? Yeah, okay, are not mm-hmm. having kids, okay. Hmm. And what's even more troublesome for demographers is between 2010 and 2020. The nation's underage population actually registered a decline of one uh, of more than one million. And why that is important is again, folks, think about this. Those who are under the age of 18, okay, in a decade are going to be, okay, in the 18 to 25 age category Or slightly older. And that's when they're supposed to be reaching their peak economic productivity, but also their peak productivity, right? Yes. Okay.
1: Okay. So the the decline leads to more decline, leads to more decline, right?
0: Yes. So unless we get an infusion of young people, okay, from other sources.
1: Uh, okay. other countries unless we entice young yes, people from right. other countries okay with money and supermodels
0: okay of their
1: choice to
0: in, okay. in terms of in terms of basic if you will demography the likelihood is we're going to see a replication of that finding in 2030 okay okay
1: and and in, in terms of, oh, wait, you want to talk about, or can we go ahead and leap into where that leads us? Oh, because sure. You want to do you, okay. No, now, no, no. It strikes me that that means that, that, see, that group is also the group that pays for the medical care. The way Medicaid and Medicare are funded, working people pay for people who cannot work. Whatever reason, yes, they're too old or they are infirm and unable, right? And that's been our system for a long time. And unless we see reform in that system, we will have a smaller group of people trying to support a larger group of people, and we will see, I assume, cracks in the system at that point. Like, there will be definite that that's definitely a hardcore burden on those on that population,
0: yes. In listeners, what Nia is referring to is a phenomenon that has already occurred in other Western developed democracies, okay? We've seen this in a number of Western European democratic nations. We certainly saw this with Japan in the 1980s and the 1990s. I mean, according to economists, one of the reasons why Japan's phenomenal economic growth of the 1970s and the early 1980s came to a screeching halt was they had this imbalance in terms of their population. Most Western democratic welfare systems, okay? You know, modern welfare systems, okay? The so-called safety net are predicated on what Nia, you just described. The systems, okay, the programs that generate benefits for the poor for the elderly okay are paid for by taxes on people who are working and if your population is getting older like not being replaced by people who are working we're working okay you have a basic if you will Numbers,
1: yeah, you have an imbalance. Like, where's the money going to come from?
0: Okay. So, I do mean, you think?
1: I mean, I mean just you think... turn that around by encouraging people to have babies. Because um, I know I mean, in some countries they do that, right? In some countries they give incentives. I know we have some incentives because we have tax incentives and things like that. But there are also some countries where now, in at least in Europe, they're starting to say we will we will help you have a baby because we need the system to have a continuing population, at least replacement of, of what we currently have. Even if we're not growing, we need, to, we need to replace so that we have a consistent population.
0: There have been some nations, okay, um, uh, who have uh, uh, created programs to encourage uh, people of you know, childbearing years, uh, to have more kids, um, you know. One of the criticisms of the uh, American um, uh, system is that we don't do enough to uh, help young people um, to have kids. Okay, um, you know, we, you know, you know, think about, for instance, you know. Um, you know, we, we, we don't have a program to go ahead and pay for, um, you know, childcare. Okay. Right. Um, we don't
1: have universal paternal and maternal leave.
0: That's right. Okay. Um, um, we know historically um, that if a parent um, uh, rem- leaves the workforce to have kids and to raise them until they're ready to go to school, Um, they um, are at a serious disadvantage compared to their peers, okay? Right, Um, so if you want a
1: career, it becomes a choice between career and
0: kids. And that usually impacts women because historically uh, women, okay, were expected um, to, uh, you know, raise the kids until they were, you know, school age, okay? Mm -hmm. Um, So, so... In other words, there are some really difficult policy choices that the United States needs to make, right? Because if they're not going to give incentives for young people of childbearing years to have more kids, then we have to look to the other sources. We have to look to immigration. And right now, by all accounts, our immigration policy is a mess. Yeah. Right. Okay. Well,
1: but we may have to start. I mean, you know, that's an interesting thought. Thought question thing is, could we? So, in some countries, the way they choose who gets to immigrate is uh, based on skill set or based on education level or you know, things like that. I wonder if at some point, some of the countries, us included, will start saying we favor families, we favor young people who have two or three or four children in our immigration policies, instead of favoring for skills, favoring for um, for birth rate. Yeah. Because that would be a relatively quick way to goose up your your population is or make it some combination, right? You can't just you can't just show up with 18 kids and, you know, have no skills whatsoever, right? Like, not like that, but but some combination where you're favored not just for your, your um, intellectual gift or your skill set, but also your willingness and or already having. Demonstrated,
0: children. yeah, you know, demonstrated capacity. Your, your fertility. To go ahead, yeah, to go ahead and have kids. I mean, and, and I know for many listeners that just sounds extremely you know, orwellian the orwellian <laughs> brass okay bottom line focused okay but but again we're talking about a safety net system right okay that has that has been the foundation of you know nearly a century okay of, of of American political and policy life, okay, and if we don't do something to address that, okay, we're going to have some serious problems, right? Right. Um, I mean, if you
1: set up a Ponzi scheme and you keep it going for 100 years, you got to keep it going for 100 more years. That's right. Or at least until you can set up something different. I mean, what we need is, uh, if it, nothing I mean, else, a stopgap measure until we can change the... The safety net system.
0: I mean, to put this in context, listeners, right now, it takes two and a half American workers paying taxes into the Social Security system to fund one person on Social Security.
1: Two and a half. I didn't realize it was that high.
0: Yes. Okay. I mean, when the system was initially created, it was one to one then it was one to one and a half, okay? Now it's one to every two and a half workers. And again, that reflects, okay, Americans until recently living longer, but you also have more people on social security who are entitled to the benefits of the program. Right. Okay. And that's
1: before a whole lot of the boomers retire.
0: Yes. Okay, which is going May, to be
1: a demographic nightmare because they are a huge generation,
0: and many of them delayed their retirement because of the Great Recession of two thousand seven to two thousand and nine. Okay,
1: but that's going to come soon, if not. Oh yeah, already right. Yeah, the the the, the you
0: know the, the, you know the payment on that, if you will, um, uh, on that check is going to come due. Okay. Right. We know this, right? Um, And again, most scholarship that I've read is that by 2030, the United States Congress is gonna have to make some fundamental choices about social security, Medicare and Medicaid, okay? Because those are entitlement programs. If you meet the criteria of the program, you're entitled to the benefits. Right. Okay. So unless, unless we start cutting the benefits, and, and, and again, me and I have talked about this in previous podcast episodes, okay, all you got to do is take a look at the elderly in the United States and their expectations about Social Security to know that cutting Social Security benefits, okay, would be a political non-starter, okay? Oh me nee and I both have parents, okay? Who get who, those benefits. Who get those benefits. You wanna go ahead and get them angry, okay? <laughs> go ahead and just as you know, a thought experiment, say to them, hey, to make social security be solvent into 2040 or 2050, we're gonna to have to cut benefits, okay? I don't know about your parents, but my mom and my grandmother have both gone ahead and said, you know, John, if you continue to talk that way, we're going to cut you out of our wills. Okay. (laughs) And they weren't really joking. Yeah. Okay. They weren't joking. Okay. So, I mean, that's why, for instance, you know, folks like Nia, me and others, when when the census you know starts releasing the follow-up reports, the, the deep dives, okay the numbers tell a story, okay? right And the story of the 2020 census is one, okay the demographics of this country are changing, right It may not be now, but by 2030 or 2040, a majority of the nation's population, okay, will be from communities of color. We know this, okay. Two, okay, the birth rate in the United States across almost every racial and ethnic category with maybe the exception of you know, Hispanics and Latinos, okay, has fallen so dramatically, okay, it's not sustainable. It's not sustainable. And it's not just government welfare programs. You need young people, okay, for economic productivity. Right. I mean, I hate to go ahead and say this, okay, but Nia and I are just a few short years, okay, from entering age groups that become more of a drain economically than we are contributors economically okay but you know what I'm talking about I do right? know what
1: you're talking about okay and, be- and there they do different kinds of jobs young people yes like at a certain age it's really hard to be a nurse it's really hard to be things where the physical labor of what you do is is difficult right you, you see very few 80 year old construction workers yes the, those jobs that that are Fundamental to a society are, you know, bus drivers. You can't drive a bus when you can't see anymore, right? Like yes. that's there's there are things that we need young people to do that you that can't stock shelves function. at. Function,
0: yeah. You can't stock shelves at a grocery store, right? Okay? Or pull wood at a loaves yeah. Okay, when you can't. Okay. Physically, um, you just
1: can't do it. Well, yeah. most I mean, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Schwarzenegger aside, who will apparently be able to do lift cars when he's 80. But the rest of us have yeah, a we, physical slowdown that happens to you just because of aging. And, you know, but also, also, so like I said, all of those really important jobs to keep society just functioning as a...
0: And then also think about innovation and creativity. Right. Okay? Again, we're, we're not beating up on the elderly. It's just that historically, where you see innovation, creativity, okay, it comes from young people, right? okay? You know, young people who are like, okay, I don't accept that this is the way it should be done. Or, you know, I got this great invention and I'm willing to go ahead for the next 10 years, okay, to live on ramen noodles, okay, and coffee, Okay, to make it work. Right. I mean, most of us, when we get into our 50s, we're like, we ain't living on ramen noodles and coffee. (laughs)
1: right? I'll just stay in my job that I'm in, rather than open up a new restaurant, a bookstore, a, a tchotchke shop, whatever it is.
0: Yes. Okay. Those kinds
1: of things are done by younger people most of the time. I'm not saying every old person is like that. So please, if you're an old person, we're not coming for you. It's just that most of that innovation is done by young people.
0: Yes. Okay. And that's a
1: good thing. Like that's a good that's that's the way society moves forward.
0: That's that's sustainability in terms of human population. Right. Right. So when that's we don't a,
1: have that, that's, that's alarming
0: yeah, that's sustainability for a nation's economic system, right, um, and, 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 and that's why, you know, Nee and I would encourage you to take a deep dive into what was released by the census, okay, the, uh, in August, because it does tell a story about, okay, the, the, the demographic makeup of the United States, okay?
1: Can I say a positive thing?
0: Yeah, go ahead. Because
1: right now we've been kind of negative. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> one of the one of the good things that's coming out of this, I think, is that we're also having as a society a um, racial disparities reckoning right now. And in some ways, the shifting in the population will help take care of some of that naturally. Like there'll be... Yes. Fewer white people in charge of things because there will be fewer white people. Yes, and there will be more communities of color that will be more empowered because there will be more of them. They will be able to demand higher wages. They will be able to demand better living conditions, like all the different things. That have that have caused that have been caused over the years, in part by, and I'm not trying to be partisan or ugly here, but by benign white neglect,
0: right? Oh, sure. That I mean, it, 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 some and of that also, will
1: will actually get solved just by the sheer numbers of the people involved.
0: Well, I mean, and, and think about it in terms of you know, democracy is frequently described as majority will, right? Okay, well, we're at a point now to where, okay, the majority is shrinking in terms of what, its whiteness, right? right. Okay, okay. Um, so it's what becoming is the
1: less dominant part of the culture? It's becoming,
0: yes, right? I mean, so what is majority our, will, right? right? Okay, so we'll um, see some
1: really interesting changes in the next 10 to 20 years that are going to, that are going to help, I think, with playing fields being more even.
0: Well, and and for me, it it would also seem to send a rather strong message to the various, if you will, racial and ethnic groups. If you want to achieve majority in the United States, okay, you're going to have to look outside of your what?
1: Your particular race. Or
0: ethnicity.
1: Or ethnicity. You're going to have to coalition build.
0: Yes. Which is something
1: that until now whites have not had to do in this country
0: whites haven't had to do it and it really does go ahead and put a a a particular pressure point on identity politics
1: and it um again not to get too far into the weeds as far as politics of it are concerned because i don't really want to go there with us but i do want to note that um that that does not absolve um white culture of the things it has done to destroy other cultures. Oh, no, no. It doesn't absolve us of, of that. And I say us because Augie and I both identify as Caucasian, right? We, we as a group, there have been, uh, you know, you can look at lots of incidents every year. You can see slavery and the Native American treatment and all kinds of things. It doesn't absolve us of that, but it does make the conversation far more balanced when more people have access to the conversation. Which is, sure. I think, what's what's one of the good things that's coming out of these demographic changes. I see that as a positive.
0: Oh, so do I. Okay. And
1: um, and and I I I hope I'm not just being Pollyanna and ridiculous, but I also see that as disempowering um, white supremacists. Um, Yeah, I mean because it's there's a there's a to paraphrase it's something out of um, oh the news show that Jeff Daniels did. If if you're so gosh dang awesome, how can you lose so often? Right. It's um uh if 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 whites are truly supreme, then their numbers wouldn't be
0: oh yeah, dwindling,
1: right? It wouldn't, I don't know. There's some real interesting questions there with what's going to happen to some of the more um, hardcore terrorist groups in the United States that are domestic.
0: Yeah, yeah. But that's a separate
1: issue entirely.
0: So... The, 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 the other thing I wanted to go ahead and briefly touch upon, uh, Nia... Okay, and yes, then I have a
1: question for you about COVID.
0: Okay, so if you look at the, the August census report, What's also fascinating is the in-migration okay, in the United States, okay?
1: Which we talked about briefly last time about a whole bunch of people left from one place and went to another, and (laughs) New York, it was like by 77
0: people that they lost a human, that they lost a representative. Yeah, they lost a representative. But I mean, to, to me, what's fascinating is, okay, in the, the 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 august report bears this out okay Americans okay by racial and ethnic groups are tending to move to where there are other people who look like them right
1: really so we're seeing more self segregation
0: self segregation it, it is truly phenomenal okay um and and also other patterns that have been, you know, long-standing, okay, have continued. So, for instance, you know, the 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 decline in population in the Rust Belt states, right? Well, there are no and, jobs. Okay. I mean,
1: they have to go where there's tech jobs, where there's service jobs.
0: Okay. But I'm um, assuming
1: that it's further killing those areas. Like, oh boats. yeah,
0: yeah, okay. Um, but I mean, it's just utterly fascinating. I mean, and I don't know why I focused on this because, you know, other than going to Las Vegas, you know, a handful <laughs> of times, okay. But, you know, I, I, in the notes that I went and provided, I, Nevada's white population was 65% in 2000, 54% in 2010. It's now 46% in 2020, okay?
1: Really, so communities of color are moving to Nevada?
0: Yeah, okay. Because huh. that's in part because of tourism jobs.
1: Oh, okay, service okay. industry job. I see.
0: White population in 381 out of the nation's 384 metro, metropolitan areas declined. So we're still seeing white flight then? Oh, my goodness, yes. Okay. Um, Apparently across the board. Across the board. Okay. Um, So are they moving
1: to suburbs? Is that?
0: Suburbs or rural areas. Okay.
1: (laughs) And they're moving to where there are other white people.
0: Other white people, right? Okay. I thought that
1: was kind of a thing of the past, but apparently not.
0: Apparently not. Nia, 27 of the 100 largest metropolitan areas in this country, okay, are now minority white populations. Dallas, Orlando, Atlanta, Austin, New Orleans, Sacramento are minority white. Okay. Huh. Yes. Okay. I mean, it, it, it is just phenomenal, okay? 35... So do you think that
1: eventually districting will come down not to political parties, but to race?
0: Like eventually
1: will districting have to take into account you have no, you have no communities of color in your, in your district or you have no white people in your district?
0: Well, I mean, it, it, it would absolutely flip that around, okay? Because you know, the court has said, okay, you, you can't, can't do that. <laughs> you can't use race, okay? Right. okay, for redistricting, right? Right, right. Okay, but, what but, but
1: what if you need to do that in order to have diversity in your district?
0: Or or to actually have white districts. I mean, again, if we get to a point where whites are no longer the majority, okay. Oh, I see. You see the
1: Yeah, what are the Supremes going to do about that?
0: Oh my goodness, right? You, mad, you, you imagine the written briefs and the oral arguments on that type of case, Nia? Oh my goodness. Oh, oh my goodness. That would be uh, fascinating. Okay. Mm. But you wanted that, to ask me, you wanted see, to ask me- that,
1: that brings up an interesting question about the courts and previous defense of minorities and how that has been a difficulty for minorities to say, wait, but we're a minority, we need to be protected. And the majority, which previous to now has been Caucasian, has said, you don't need to be protected. I don't know why you want special treatment. And you're saying in 10 or 20 years, white people are going to be saying, we need special treatment because no, we're t- a minority.
0: In, in, certain, in, well, certain yep, in certain voting
1: districts.
0: Yep, in certain voting districts. Interesting.
1: Okay, so my question about COVID is. Covid disproportionately um, affected communities of color in the sense that that more people died in communities of color. Yes, um, I think, and not overall numbers. I mean, percentage wise, the the United States is still the the numbers of white people versus minorities are still it's still larger, right? It's not it's not that. It's that the percentage of population is changing, not the sheer numbers. There are still bunches and bunches of white people in the United States and bunches and bunches of white people died during COVID. I'm not suggesting that they didn't and that those losses are not important. No, they car. are.
0: But COVID-19 affected community communities of color at a higher percentage than it did uh, uh, white communities. So it will came- that
1: push off the minority majority in some areas for a- for a decade, will um, that push it off from 20, 2030 oh, to twenty yeah, forty? Is it too I, soon to know?
0: Yeah, I, I think it's too soon to know. I mean, uh, you know, when we have uh, Dr. Judy Twig back um, uh, for a future episode to, you know, uh, kind of sort of get her to do a post mortem on, you know, COVID nineteen, um, you know, that's probably a question. Uh, that we could pose to her. I think right now it's a little too soon to tell. Okay. Um, we just know that in terms of who COVID affected the most, you know, as you pointed out, yes, more white people were affected by COVID, but in terms of percentages within racial and ethnic categories, COVID affected communities of color at a higher percentage than it did Caucasian communities. Right. right? Although
1: um, in some ways, I guess it may not change because it also affected older
0: Well, it, 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 older in that
1: folks t- more than younger folks. So it may it may balance itself out. I see why you're saying we're going to have to wait.
0: Well, we're um, going to have to wait. And probably it, it, a good
1: seven or eight years to find that yeah,
0: out. I mean, <laughs> well, yeah, because I mean, we don't know for instance okay the extent to which contracting covid but surviving what it does to one's life expectancy i mean that's just you know one variable right there right okay what let's say you contracted covid but you survived but what does it do to your long term life expectancy mm. okay I mean right. we just and we just, if
1: you're one of those people who has what is it long long haul yes long haul COVID where you yes. you don't ever fully recover.
0: You don't fully yeah. recover, right? Then okay. it
1: probably won't be that that kills you, but it will be a related thing like a pneumonia or a,
0: yes, your something lungs have else been, where yeah, your lungs have been so badly compromised that it is the next you know infection you get or the next virus you get. That attacks your lungs, okay? That, that does um, you in. That does you in. Um, but yeah,
1: I, I can't remember. Somebody was saying to me, "You don't die from um, uh, eating disorder. You don't die from anorexia. You die from a heart attack because your heart can't yes function anymore because it doesn't have what it needs to function. Like yeah, so, some things don't kill you directly; they kill you indirectly by indirectly. Seder- the system yeah. in your body that allows that
0: to happen. I mean, cause you know, there are already studies that demonstrate that those who suffer, who suffered from anorexia or bulimia in their youth so badly weakened or damaged their heart that if they get any number of heart related maladies when they get older, okay, their heart just can't fight off, okay, heart disease, okay, a heart attack, whatever the case may be, Yeah, it's sad. It's sad because
1: you don't know that's going to happen until it happens.
0: It it happens, Um, right? So, so I mean, yeah.
1: I have one other question about uh, sort of the demographics. Yeah. So we know that young people like to actually live in the cities. Is part of the problem with city loss is that we don't have enough young people to fill in the gap where... People are moving out into the suburb. Like, because if you ask young people, where do you want to live? They want to live near their jobs, near food, near their friends, near um, social activities like movie theaters and, and entertainment music, options. Entertainment. Yeah. Right. They want to do all that because, frankly, I wanted to do all that. When you're young, that's how you want to live, right? Like, you, you don't want to live out in the suburbs where you have to drive 20 minutes to get to something fun you want to, yeah, be able you're, to get you're out of you're, your door young, and block you're curious down
0: the block and, right and yeah you 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 know you want to know what life has to offer okay because again you're young you're curious you're energetic okay so is a but,
1: consequence of loss of young people causing losses in cities like is that part of well, the problem I, as well is that there aren't young people to infill i
0: mean uh, uh, again you, you, if you look at uh, the history of, of metropolitan or urban areas in the United States, okay, when they lose population, they lose tax base. When they lose tax base, okay, those who could afford to live in the cities frequently want to do what? Move out. Move out, okay? So this is a dangerous cycle, right? Right, because if we have did, no
1: young people to infill,
0: then there's did, did, nobody
1: to build the tax base back to...
0: That's right. Okay, so, you know, this, this should be a warning sign, okay, for, you know, city governments, okay? Um, uh... Find a
1: way to have affordable housing in your city for young people so that you can attract them into the city... And affordable keep,
0: housing good jobs okay um, um public
1: transportation a lot of the trans- current, a lot of young people today would prefer to take
0: yeah because uh, they public are public
1: transportation
0: they are definitely you know uh, a more environmentally conscious generation okay and yes. cars are expensive
1: like it's For- expensive to own a car not just to buy it but to maintenance it to pay the insurance yes. to do all that stuff um, and if they're not making very much money, which is also one of the things that happens with young people, they're not making a huge amount of money. Yeah. So you need to keep that in mind when you're running a city. City planners and city managers, I suspect, are constantly trying to figure out how to attract young people um, to move back into the cities. The The only other question I have for you is Texas. So apparently everybody is moving to Texas from California. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Elon Musk just said, We're we'll picking up and moving to Texas, right? Like he's got a whole thing. I, okay, Elon, Musk, yeah. Elon Musk does not speak for the larger population. Please let me clarify that. I do understand that. But there does seem to be sort of this exodus of, and it seems to me a political thing. A lot of people whose politics they're finding California politics to be too progressive, too liberal, too whatever for their liking. And so they're moving to Texas, well, which they may- seems to me like, wow, jumping from a frying pan to a fire, but...
0: Well, 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 let's take a step back from at least some of the surveys that I've read of, for instance, people moving from California to Texas, Wyoming, Montana, et cetera. It's not that they dislike the progressive politics they don't like the cost. Oh, they just okay. can't afford to live there. They can't afford to live there, right? Uh,
1: okay. okay. Oh, and Texas and, doesn't have state income tax, does they it? They don't
0: have a state income tax, right? Okay. Uh, and if you look at the cost of living of any number of Mountain West states or Texas, they're cheap. okay, okay. or even some deep South states, Okay, they are cheaper, but they do run into a culture shock when they move to those other states, because the politics are not as progressive as they were in California. So, what, you know, this is, this gets tied to the concept of voting with your feet. If you move, if you vote with your feet, you should do a calculus as to what are the most important considerations, right? I see. So So, you're saying
1: that politics is a follow-on, not the lead. The lead is financial.
0: I think the lead is that, oh, I'm
1: priced out of living here.
0: uh, At least the surveys that I've read, okay, okay, have indicated that many of the respondents didn't have a problem with the progressive politics in the state of California, for instance, okay? What they had a problem with was Cost of living, okay. which I'm sure
1: Manhattan also suffers from.
0: Oh, hey, the state of New York is another classic example, right? I mean, think about, for instance, okay, what happened to the New York City's population? Okay, in regards to uh, the pandemic, right? People left, like it they're rose. like, oh, wait,
1: I can do this from home, which means my home can be someplace significantly cheaper to live. Cheaper.
0: Yeah, okay. I see. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, think about, for instance, the number of conversations you and I've had um, uh, uh, off recording about opportunities that you know, job opportunities we've had, for instance, in Northern Virginia or DC. Okay. Right. And one of our considerations is, well, it's so
1: expensive to
0: live in. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Oh my goodness.
1: Okay. Uh, sorry sorry for those listeners outside of virginia it, it's called nova northern virginia n-o-v-a so we call it nova and nova is alexandria fredericksburg it's right around the dc area except it's in virginia instead of dc and it is enormously expensive to live there apartment rents are high um buying a house is unbelievably expensive
0: expensive you know in and that's a consideration. So even if you like the politics of Northern Virginia local governments, okay, whether it be you know Alexandria, Arlington, okay, et cetera, et cetera, okay, can you afford to live there?
1: Right.
0: Okay. Okay. Um, so I mean, in some of what
1: people are leaving for is that it's cheaper. Oh, sure. When okay. they they're, I mean part of it you were saying they're they're also moving to where people like them look, right? Like sure who look like them
0: are, That's what I meant yeah, to say. Yeah. Sorry.
1: But they're also doing that as an expense
0: saving. Yeah, so so if economics is more important than political compatibility, okay, you might want, you know, you might be more willing to move from, for instance, California to, to Texas. On the other hand, if you move to Texas and you like progressive politics, okay, you're gonna probably have a problem with statewide politics in Texas, but at the local level, you might enjoy actually living in Houston or Dallas, okay? Which tends to be more liberal than the rest of the state. Okay?
1: Do you think that um, the demographic changes that we see in the census this time where people are moving to folk? To where other folks like them, you know, who look like them, do you think that that outweighs the economic consideration,
0: or that is there, I don't? Yeah, I don't know that. Nia. Or is um, the, the I there's mean, not
1: enough detail to find that yet. I
0: mean, I mean, what we do know from political science studies is that for probably the first time that we have been doing this kind of research. More Americans are picking where they live based on what they think will be ideological compatibility, and it's not just states. You have people who are picking, you know, what local, you know, what local governments, what you know,
1: mm. you
0: know what localities to live in. I want to Heck- live in
1: Hampton Roads versus I want to live in Norfolk because mm-hmm. I prefer the
0: yeah right and in some cases
1: okay
0: you know i work with people who pick communities in the richmond metropolitan area based on what they think are the politics of that community
1: Hmm. okay
0: okay um and you and i have family members okay who we know okay will you know they live in particular states and they live in particular parts of those states simply because they like the politics and the people who represent those politics in those communities right, right. i mean you you and i've talked about this right okay so that kind the, of that kind of that kind of self segregation by politics okay um, is an increasing phenomenon in the United States. Okay. Okay. Yeah.
1: So our takeaway from this, from this August data dump, which is not the last and will not be the last time. Oh, no, we'll get stuff about,
0: (laughs) we'll, we'll get stuff about occupations, housing, (laughs) economics, um, health. Yep. We'll get health statistics.
1: And at some point we'll get a very tiny volume of leisure statistics. Because the United United States doesn't really talk about its leisure life and perhaps we should because, you know, that would be a, but there is kind of a fun thing that happens there towards the end. And the other thing is we will get more detailed information on um, the various racial breakouts that are held. We'll get get full volumes on. um,
0: So, you know, like, so for instance, the category of of, of black will be broken down by, you know, African American, okay, um, you know, Jamaican, Haitian, Caribbean. yeah, exactly. You know, Haitian, Caribbean, okay. Um, you know, if you think about Asian American, okay. Right, which um, is a
1: huge category and ridiculous. Yeah, because I it mean, will be it well includes over a China dozen. and
0: India. And you couldn't yeah, be more yeah, different. I mean, Yeah, there will be well over a dozen subcategories, right? Right.
1: So we'll get some cool volumes on those and we'll come back to people and talk about that. But I think the takeaway here for folks is it takes a long time to parse this data. So there's a lot of stuff we won't know until um, demographers and social scientists get in there and really dig around in the data and start making comparisons start making tables and all that other kind of stuff. What we're talking about is sort of the 50,000 foot view. Yes, in the next three to five years what you'll start to see will be academic articles that actually talk about it in the 10 foot view, where you really do have a much, uh, you can say a lot more about what these statistics mean.
0: Yes. Yes. Or you can,
1: or actually, you can argue more about what these statistics <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't yeah. say that you can actually just say stuff because it doesn't work that way, does it, Augie? Well, no, this is okay. always going to lend itself to political arguments,
0: isn't it? Well, I mean, think about this, Nia. You and I just spent, you know, an hour, okay, at the 50 foot level, okay? Imagine what we could do if we were, you know, the 50,000 50, foot level. you think what we would, you know, we could do if we were at the 500 foot level? Right. Okay. Okay. It, it, it is just fascinating. Okay. The, the, the level of analysis that will go into um, the, you know, the, the more specific details. I right? agree. It's going to be yeah.
1: awesome. Um, for, I'm going to put a link on the research guide to the census um, website. If don't be surprised if it takes you a little bit of digging to dig around on the site. Sometimes the census—they're not trying to hide information. It's just that there's so much information that sometimes it can be hard to locate exactly what you're looking for. But yeah. you can always reach out to me or Augie um, if you need any help with something. We can try to help you find the statistics that you're looking for, or hook you up yes. with somebody who can. Uh, so anyway, I mean,
0: to in, in listeners to Nia's point, you know, the little tidbit I gave about Nevada. I just, like, happened upon it. <laughs> right. I, I, was, I wasn't looking for it, but all of a sudden I was like, "There it hey, is. What's, you know, what's going on in Nevada? And I'm like, hey, wait a minute here. Oh, that's interesting. They're no longer a majority, you know, white population. How the that's hell did that it. happen, right? That's the other thing that you
1: have that's so fun with the census. The census, to me, is like Wikipedia. So you start by looking at one article and then two hours later, yeah. you're looking at something completely different and you're like, how did I get here and now I'm thirsty and I need to go get a drink right like the census works that way for me too, where you're looking at something you go wait, why is that the case and then you start digging in, and then pretty soon you're down a rabbit hole so don't be surprised if that happens to you as well because the census is a rich data set. and there, as much data is in there, you will find hours and hours of interesting stuff to look at.
0: Yes, um, I but would agree. We
1: will come back with our with more cool volumes as we get them. Yeah, and uh, and otherwise, thanks so much, Aki. This is really interesting.
0: Yeah, I enjoyed it. Um, it, it is okay. Um, uh, 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 a geek's delight. Um, yes, yes. okay, <laughs> you
1: policy wonk you. That's yes, why you. you got this one because you're so.
0: Oh, I love this yeah, stuff.
1: More sense of stuff came out, you know, how often do you do your friends say to you something with that sort of excitement in their voice um, that doesn't involve tickets to a different to an awesome concert or whatever?
0: Well, I it's mean, it, it, it's kind of sort of like my friends will go ahead and say, you know, we basically leave Augie alone in June because that's when the Supreme Court issues <laughs> exactly. all of its important rulings. And I'm just like, No, 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 no. Don't leave me alone. I can't wait to go ahead and share this. And they're like, "Oh, no, 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 no. no. We can wait. (laughs) We're we're good. You tell it to Nia.
1: Tell it to Nia and the podcast. See, they're probably really relieved that now you have a podcast and you can do that.
0: Yeah, because they're just kind of sort of like, you know, hey, you know, you've already talked yourself out by talking to Nia on the podcast, (laughs) right? You know, g- give us the abridged version, would you please?
1: <laughs> Which, by the by, we will be seeing some interesting Supreme Court stuff oh, coming. Oh, yes, up.
0: yes. Because they've yes.
1: they've got themselves lined up. So we've got some interesting. Yeah, their
0: their 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 docket for the 2021-2022 term, okay, is probably Chief Justice John Roberts' worst nightmare. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, and we'll be here to enjoy it.
0: All right, Nia, have a good day.
1: Thanks, you too.
0: All right. You've been listening to Civil Discourse, brought to you by VCU Libraries. Opinions expressed are solely the speaker's own and do not reflect the views or opinions of VCU or VCU Libraries. Special thanks to the workshop for technical assistance. Music by Isaac Hobson. Find more information at guides.library.vcu.edu discourse. As always, no documents were harmed in the making of this podcast.